0: If you have an issue with your money and you are asking a trusted advisor for help, that's what you're doing. You're asking a trusted advisor for help. You're not asking to be scolded. You know you did something wrong. You know you're in a bad spot. And so find someone that can give you grace. Welcome to the Know Your Worth show, where we teach you how to think about your money differently so that you can achieve your sexy money goals. I'm Sydney, your money maven and owner of Know Your Worth. And I'm Kristen, Sid's
1: Dime Peace bestie, team member, and busy mama of twins, here to make sure that those of us without a financial
0: degree can still level up with each episode. Let's get started on reaching your next goal. Hello. Welcome to episode seven of the Know Your Worth podcast. Hi. I'm your host, Sydney, your money maven.
1: And I'm her Dime piece bestie, Kristen. Yeah. We're doing a Know Your Worth at Night podcast.
0: Absolutely. My shirt glows in the dark. We should turn off all the we lights. We should. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. You wouldn't even see me. I'm like in <laughs> stealth mode right now. <laughs> We're your money ninjas for yes. tonight. That's a good one too. Yeah. So today we are going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the fears surrounding your own personal budgeting, moving forward, and just taking that first step to feel confident in your own financial journey. Yeah. How do you feel about today's episode?
1: I feel good about it because we just like in real life did this. Sydney just helped me organize my budget. I didn't have a budget. (laughs) feel like a confession. It's <laughs> Totally fine. Totally my fine. My name is Kristen I'm 42 and I didn't have a budget. <laughs> but I do have a budget now. So she yes. had me create a budget. Yes. She helped me look at my taxes because I thought maybe we had some quarterly taxes due. Turns out I don't. Yay. <laughs> and we looked at my debt and so made that look a little less scary. But honestly, leading up to this, I was a real drama, real dramatic mess. <laughs> so I think we just wanted to talk about what that looks like. And I was kind of curious, because this is your job and you do this with people on the regular, what does it look like when a business owner comes to you and they are anxious?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you did a great job with going through everything today. I know it's really hard to go through that stuff. It's hard to pick apart your own finances and especially have somebody else look at them. It feels like you're like just Gut it open for everybody. It feels like
1: you're naked in your middle school cavity. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I know it's not a fun feeling.
0: It's not. I don't get enjoyment out of seeing other people uncomfortable talking about their finances. I get enjoyment knowing that by the time we're done talking about it, I know they're going to feel so much better because to me, the biggest anxiety I get is from not feeling like I have control of a situation. And I know that's not everybody, but I get serious anxiety about not having control of a situation. And my finances, if they ever felt like they're not in my control or I'm feeling like I'm going off the rails a little bit and I don't know what's going on. That's when my anxiety really skyrockets. For me, one of the easiest ways to get that back in control pretty much every time is just do like a finance check. Like how I said, Alex and I do that. We do like a finance check-in or a finance date where we'll go through and we'll realign our budget, make sure we're on track, kind of see where some of our flub ups have been in the past maybe month or two. And then how are we going to correct them or stay on track? So I know that for me, that's what I need to do is just check in, get it back on track, see where I'm at. And then I feel so much better because I know I have a plan. Yeah, I know for a lot of the people that I get to talk to about this, one, we're similar in a way already where we're in the same room having this conversation. When people are coming to me, my clients and my friends are coming to me about these conversations, I know that they are already in a mindset to be helped with it or to be they like to the they want to talk about it in a way. Right. Right. And, and they're excited about the potential of moving forward. It might not feel exciting, but they know that this is what they have to do to feel better. So that really helps me be able to have these conversations. But whenever I have clients or other business owners that will come to me for this, I know it's a vulnerable conversation. And I think for a lot of people, it sometimes can feel like a a therapy almost. It's not always I'm your bookkeeper and this is like the service that you have signed up and are paying me month to month for. This is like now I feel like you trust me enough to get my insight on it. And I feel like I can really help you and make a difference, even just with your mental state. If I can't help with the finance side right away and I can give you a plan, I can give you some hope for your mental state. And that to me is really big. That means a lot to me. And I really love that aspect of my job because I know it's always been so helpful for me whenever I create that plan and can move forward. Yeah. So I can
1: feel from you that you actually care. And I know I'm your best friend and I'm going to get that feeling from you no matter (laughs) what. But I've also watched you. I mean, my desk is over here. Your desk (laughs) is right there. I've watched you have calls with people where you do create an environment where people can like take a breath. This is an important tip. Whenever you are picking somebody to lay out your embarrassing every target purchase you've made in front of, (laughs) pick somebody that is open minded and has created a safe space for you.
0: Yeah, because it can be a really hard conversation and accountants absolutely get the reputation that they're not necessarily people, people. They're really into the numbers and into the spreadsheets and they are. But that doesn't mean that it can't be a warm and friendly conversation. You shouldn't ever feel intimidated by someone that is helping you with this conversation. And when I say intimidated, I mean like fearful of sharing this with them in a way that they will make you feel inadequate or put you down or shame you for anything that you have gone through, even if it's something as severe as you've avoided taxes, you have been misfiling, you have been making late payments you have been increasing your debt when you know you should be decreasing your debt, you've made poor financial decisions, you've spent too much money, you've wasted money, you've lost money. If you have an issue with your money and you are asking a trusted advisor for help, that's what you're doing. You're asking a trusted advisor for help. You're not asking to be scolded. You know you did something wrong. You know you're in a bad spot. Yeah. And so find someone that can give you grace. And I think that's important whenever you're finding really any, I think, professional service provider. You know, if you need to go and ask a lawyer for help, they need to be on your side. You can't have someone that doesn't feel like they can support you. Right. That's like one oh one. You need to have somebody that can defend you and support you. And it's the same thing with your tax accountants, same thing with your bookkeepers. And I really believe same thing with any of the professional service providers that you work with. But money is really sensitive. It's a really tough topic. So Absolutely. You should have someone that makes you feel comfortable being there.
1: I think, too, like we said, I always say, because I have a therapy background, like shop around for a therapist. If you meet with somebody and you start talking to them and you aren't at ease and you don't feel like you can tell the truth or be yourself, you're in the wrong atmosphere. So if you find yourself like fudging the truth to your bookkeeper or your tax accountant or just skirting around what the actual issue is, like you got to find somebody that you can just lay it out. Yeah, because this isn't something that. You're going to get an accurate picture if you're lying about or not feeling comfortable enough to tell the truth.
0: Absolutely. And if you're a business owner listening to this and you're not telling your bookkeeper the truth and they're categorizing your numbers inaccurately, know that on your taxes does come back on you. It it doesn't go back on your bookkeeper. It goes back on you. Mm -hmm. So if you are being dishonest with your bookkeeper because you're trying to hide something, that's something that you need to deal with yourself and Mm -hmm. you need to confront that right away because that legality comes on you. If you are talking to your bookkeeper or your friend or someone about your personal financial situation and you're not being honest with them, then evaluate whether that's a comfortable situation. But if you are having business expenses that you're not being accurate with your bookkeeper on, that's a separate thing here that you should Mm -hmm. always be truthful in terms of your business expenses and where they're coming from. But in terms of getting your budget squared away and what your personal expenses look like, if you can't share that information, absolutely, you should be shopping around so that you feel comfortable with someone that can help you.
1: Yeah. So we talked about finding the right person and how uncomfortable it can be to look at it. So do you want to kind of talk about what we did
0: tonight? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what we did tonight was kind of what I walk through as a baseline with most of the clients that I've worked with this Too. And I try to do it in a very simplified approach. I don't right away recommend a software like right off the bat because to me that requires a certain personality if you're someone that you know you're going to check in on an app all the time. And if you are someone that really needs like day to day assistance, an app is going to be a great way to do it because that's a live bank feed coming through. But if you're someone that maybe just needs to like, hey, I need a picture of where I'm at for the past three months or the past year. The approach I recommend is just using Excel so that you don't have to pay for an app. So what we do is we go into your bank accounts and we export all of the data that we want to look at. So we did three months of data and we export that into Excel And so you just export to CSV and copy and paste into Excel so that you can manipulate the data. And then from there, we do that with every account that you have. So if you have a bank account, a savings account, a credit card account, however many accounts you have, we export all that data. We import it and just copy and paste it into Excel. And then what we do from there is we kind of categorize every line. Sometimes your bank does this for you too, where it's going to try to categorize it as meals and entertainment or office supplies, software, things like that. But that's what you'll categorize for however you want to visualize your budget. So make all the categories that you feel like is necessary. So you have travel, you have rent, you have insurance. Exactly. yeah, Insurance, medical, school, really any category that you want to break out. If you want to break out your utilities all separate, you can have electric, you can have water, you can have gas. You can put them all separately or you can combine them into just utilities. But you break out all the categories that you really want to evaluate. And then you put that in a column next to all of your expenses. So you'd go through and you'd say, okay, if you're from Western Pennsylvania and Sheets, that's <laughs> typically gas. It's travel expense. So you would put gas next to that. And then if you are a little bit Excel savvy, you could make a pivot table that would just right away categorize and sort based on those expenses. So for the past three months, your total and all of those categories were automatically calculated. If that's not something that you are savvy with, you can reach out to us and we have this template ready to go that we could send to any of the listeners. If that was something that you would or you're looking for, you can email us at info at KnowYourWorthPGH and ask for that kind of just expense budget spreadsheet that we have. And it's sorcery. <laughs> it's Excel. <laughs> it's sorcery. I was
1: watching her do all
0: this thing and a little freak a spreadsheet. Lots of some if formulas and, yeah. yeah, mostly just some ifs. So if any of my uh, Excel friends are out there, just a lot of some ifs. We put some data validation in there. So we got some lists, some drop-down lists.
1: It's very sexy. We did a formula for, the,
0: for what month we're looking at, and then we did a bunch of some if yeah. formulas to, you know, auto-populate what your expenses are. And we created a budget. So one tab was a budget. The next tab is actual, so it's laid out the exact same way, but it compares what you expected it to be to what it actually is, and so every month you add in those expenses, it auto-populates into your actual tab, and then we did one more that was an over-under tab, so it would subtract basically what's was our budget and then what we've pulled from that budget. And we did that for income and expense. So that way you can see, okay, if in meals, I expected to spend $400 this month in meals, this month I spent $600 in meals, on that over-under tab you'd show up as you went over $200. It's a really neat tool, and I really recommend looking at that because one, it's free. You don't have to spend any money on it. It gives you a very clear picture. There is nothing missing if you are downloading all of your bank transactions because it's true cash in, cash out, and it forces you to sit down and really manipulate your numbers yourself. I do think there is something to be said for looking at this in Excel as well because you really can get a feel for how many transactions there are, so it kind of magnifies the detail Where in the app, it's very easy to just like get your summarized number. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to categorize everything because the app kind of learns for you. And that's really wonderful, I think, as a constant check-in if that's something that you are interested in. I use an app, and I love it, but I don't, I'm not good at checking it every day. Mm-hmm. So every time we need a big refresh, I'll either do Excel or I'll do the app, kind of depending on where my brain's at that what day. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I just like manipulating in Excel, and sometimes mm-hmm. I just want to see an app with a chart that's already done, and I know it's in real time. So it kind of just depends on what you're feeling. But again, the Excel version is free, and it really gives you that more detail, like how people say, you know, when you handwrite notes, it yeah. helps you remember them. I think when you're the one that's really manipulating the detail, it sticks a little bit more. So from there, what I would recommend doing is underestimating all of your income, if that's possible. If you just have your straight W-2 and your income is set every month, then that is what it is. But if you are a contractor or you have your own business that's seasonal or you just take projects to project and your monthly income can fluctuate, take a very conservative approach to that. And then from there, divvy up that budget for what you know is coming out every month to the point where there is nothing left over at the bottom. And why there's nothing left over is because you have a savings line item and you have a emergency line item, you have a shopping line item, you have a fun and entertainment, you have a travel. You really build this up. And this part is similar to the app system. You need a budget system is that you're putting everything into an envelope That they're all the money that you have earned is being allocated somewhere. And why that's helpful is because if there's money left over, that money should be going towards whatever goals you have for your life. Mm -hmm. And that means if your goal for your life and your sexy money goal is investing, then that extra money goes to investing. If your sexy money goal is to travel, then it goes to travel. If your sexy money goal is to be debt free, then it goes to paying off that debt. And it can change every month where that extra amount goes. But if you know you're hitting all of your goals in your budget before you get to that extra amount, then you should feel no shame around spending that money to align with your goals. Mm -hmm. If you already have folders and kind of lines in your budget set aside for saving, for investing, for an emergency fund, for the home renovation projects that you have to do, for the gifts you have to buy for Christmas, whatever it is that you know you have to cover, if you've covered all of those lines, And you're saving, you're investing, you're paying off debt, that extra money should be spent guilt-free. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to spend that money guilt-free because you've hit every goal you need to do. So then now, where do you want to feel that attention go to? What lights you up about spending that money? Is it the pair of shoes that you have just been eyeing up for months? Then buy them. If that's what is covering that and you've hit every other envelope, buy yourself the shoes guilt-free. And then the next month, it might be, I want this month to invest that $200 more. So we put that to investing. The next month, maybe an unexpected expense came up that you had to put on a credit card. Then maybe the next month, it's a real priority to pay that back down. So that's where you really want to allocate every single dollar that's in your budget so that you don't just think you have leftover money and you're kind of spending it willy-nilly. If you can reduce your budget, if you see every month, okay, my meals and entertainment expense, I budgeted 500 and I'm consistently at 400 Great. You don't need it. You can be building it up if you want, or you can be reallocating that to save for a different goal yeah. or to pay off debt. Or if you have a big meal and entertainment expense that you want to build up for the next month, you can keep it there, and then you'll use it the next month if you That's go to so a really perfect. fancy dinner and it just can roll over. But really get clear on what your priorities are with that and then just start kind of tracking everything that way. So again, apps are great. If you are not Excel savvy and you don't want to reach out for the spreadsheet, apps are great. If you are Excel savvy or you have a friend that is, they can whip this up for you pretty quickly. But we also have it for you that we could send it to you. No problem.
1: Yeah. I think the most eye-opening part for me was because I wasn't looking and I'm just like going on a wing and a prayer. My brain, when there are holes in the understanding, will fill in negativity like, you don't make enough money, you suck, there's not enough for this, there's not enough for that. So looking at it with you, when you were like, I got most of it done and it looks pretty good, like my anxiety immediately went down. And then when I saw my actual numbers and I was like, oh, if I tightened up here and here – this is not scary at all. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually doing better than I thought I was where I assumed that I was doing worse. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's true that most people probably assume they're doing
0: yes, worse? Yes, absolutely, than what they are? absolutely. <laughs> There's very few people that think they're doing so great and they're not, I'm like it's totally the great. other way. Yeah. Like it's totally the other way. Most people think that they're doing bad and they actually they're aren't. actually doing well, yes, yeah.
1: yes. Will you talk about, without like sharing my Personal life. Oh, of course. Oh my gosh. What, what did Stop. you do to show me the debt stuff?
0: Yeah. So, one of the things that I like to utilize and to think about again is like the potential. I'm a very forward thinking, like very futuristic thinking person. This was a tool that really helped me and Alex whenever we had and carried credit card debt. Excel already has a template called credit card payoff calculator. And Google Sheets has a similar one. Again, if this is something that you want and you can't find it in Excel, you can absolutely reach out to us for it. But all it is, is you put in the total amount of the debt that you're carrying. You put in the interest rate. You put in the suggested minimum payment. And then you put in the proposed minimum payment. So it's truly just four things that you have to enter in. It's a simplified version for sure, but it's perfect. Then they have four bars at the top that will say, This is how many months it would take you to pay off if you did the minimum payment. This is how many months it would take you to pay off if you did your proposed payment. This is how much interest you'll pay at the minimum payment. And this is how much interest you'll pay at the proposed payment. And it's really fun, I think, to see, okay, this is the minimum payment, but if I just add $100 a month, how many months does that that payment go down? And interest sucks. It sucks. It Mm -hmm. really does. So- It's a really fun thing to see it drops so dramatically because credit cards are compounding interest. So that means every month you're being assessed interest, it gets added to the full balance, and then the next month you're paying interest on that full balance. So compounding interest is that you are paying interest on the interest that you got last month. So credit cards are compounding interest. Are you ready to get a lot more strategic with your Sexy Money Goals? You've been working hard. You want to make the most informed decisions possible on what you can afford, whether that's bringing on a new employee, investing in developing a new revenue stream, or making a big move with your personal finances. We can support you with a financial analysis to provide you with the tangible data that you need to make the best decision. Book a call with us and we'll share how we can work together to achieve your goals. Does the interest ever go down? If you have to pay more than the interest payment... So typically, cred- credit cards are set up that your minimum payment is going to be more than just the interest. So that you can make some progress. So you can make some progress. <laughs> but not a lot. Li- but not much. <laughs> but not much. Exactly. Not Don't much. And that's why minimum payments can really be not a trap because you'll eventually get out.
1: It's like a hamster wheel. But
0: it's a hamster wheel. It's a really it's like one two steps forward, one step back every every t- it's But it's three forward, two back. It's really like it's really difficult to get that ahead. If you look at these tools, and especially this credit card calculator, it will show you how much quicker you will pay that off. And so then with credit card debt, I really like Dave Ramsey for credit card debt. I think it makes a lot of sense. Not all the concepts resonate with me, not Not all the concepts resonate with me, but like the debt snowball method is a fantastic way to look at it. And that's one of the things I'll always recommend for debt payoff is that if you have multiple credit cards or multiple debt payments, you should be looking at the interest rates on all of them, but also the total balances. And if there's one with like a crazy high interest rate that's really hurting you, then that might be the one you want to tackle first. But after that, it's really cool to tackle the smallest balance ones first, because right away you get the satisfaction of paying off an account and then all of that money that was going towards that payment is now rolled into the next debt vehicle. Let's say you had three credit cards and one of them was 5000 one of them was $6,000, one of them was $7,000. You would be making the minimum payments on all of those cards. And then whenever the $5,000 one was paid off, all of that payment from the $5,000 one – Including the payment you were already making on the $6,000 one is now your payment on the $6,000 one. Mm-hmm. Once the $6,000 one is paid off, both the one that you made on the $500 and the $600 now roll up to pay off the $7,000 $7, one, mm-hmm. including what you were paying before. And so that's called the debt snowball mm-hmm. method to be very kind of just general with the concept. So you want to try to make more than the minim- minimum payment on the lowest balance so that it goes down faster so what's really fun is that if you see you were to make the minimum payment on all of them and you have an extra 400 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month because we have three accounts we'll just keep it easy and you were to apply hundred dollars to each of those that's good and it feels good in theory but it's not going to do the same amount of good as if that whole 300 just funneled to that lowest balance and then that extra just rolls up and then rolls up so that's where I would start with whenever you're looking at any kind of debt and using a payoff calculator, because then you can kind of see, OK, this first account, it says it'll be paid off in four months. Then once that done, this next account will be paid off in 12 months. And then this next account will be paid off in Eight months after that, once that roll-up went in. Now, you're making the minimum payments on each of them. So the calculators are going to have a little bit of a leeway for the ones that are just in Excel because they have a little bit more simplified approach. It won't be that 12 months will pass and then you'll start applying a heftier payment. You're looking at it like you were applying that heftier payment from the beginning. So technically, from the timeline when you're starting, it's going to be a little bit shorter. Yeah. So uh, that's just something to think about whenever you're going through them. But it's a really nice tool to look at to see when you can pay off all of that debt. And it's very motivating to have an end in sight. Yes. It's very motivating.
1: Do you think that everyone who carries debt thinks they're the only person who carries debt? Yes.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody that that carries debt thinks they're the only person that carries debt. They think they have the highest debt out of anyone ever.
1: Their shame is the biggest. Yes, exactly. They're the biggest loser. (laughs)
0: And it's just not true at all. But yes, all of the people that I have talked to about their debt think that they are in the worst situation possible. Mm -hmm. I have had really sad stories of people that like their loved ones around them thought their debt was so high that they like kind of gave up on them. Mm -hmm. And what was so shocking to me is then they put my client in such a negative mindset that she was afraid to talk to anyone about it. Mm -hmm. And when she came to me to talk about it, it was not a lot. It was not. It was like nothing. So after she talked to you,
1: was she like a new person? Oh my
0: gosh. I was so sad because to me, this was like...
1: She carried it.
0: This was, it was less than my student loans. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, not even less than my student loans. Like, So it was just not, it was not anything that I felt like couldn't be undone. Oh, oh my gosh! In a year, in one year, it could have been undone. Mm-hmm. And so it was really sad for me to have that conversation to say like, "This isn't about you." I don't want to say this was for the best.
1: Yeah.
0: But like, this person wasn't supporting you. And, and, and yeah. And so I'm I'm so happy you talked to me. But like, you are not alone in this. Mm-hmm. You are not even in the top ten of the amount the of debts that I've, I've heard. Seen. And I feel so sad that this has really been eating you up for so long and affecting you so deeply for so long mm-hmm. because you are really going to be fine and it's yeah. going to be okay. So that was really sad. And that's where it just, it really can be so taxing on you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But how free she must have felt too when she left.
0: I hope so. Yeah, I yeah. really do. I really hope that, I mean, she's doing phenomenally. She's still a client. It's fantastic. And mm-hmm. we have a great working relationship. I think she's doing great. She's thriving in her business. And yeah, so I hope it helped just to get some positive feedback because that was really sad. And I do think that's how a lot of people are whenever they come to talk about it is they think that they are the the worst that has ever happened.
1: Because things through social media and through talking with people and people taking trips and doing all these different things, you're like, they must have such a better financial situation than I have. When in reality, like, it's all smoke and mirrors. Like we're yep. all just yep. faking it till we make it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> not just me. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. The last thing I wanted you to tell people about was that little Acorn app. Yeah, yeah. On.
0: So I'll recommend this to a lot of my clients as like an extra way to save and invest too, because it, it's an investment tool as well. If you are someone that just wants to... Be kind of mindlessly saving and kind of mindlessly pulling things aside. Acorns is an app that's I think has really helped me just kind of have this like either extra fun money, Christmas present money, just really nice little savings account, investment account too. So whenever uh, you set it up, you can set it up for automatically weekly, monthly, daily draws. So it'll pull straight from your bank account that you connect it to. And so I just have a $15 a week recurring pull, And so it goes into my Acorns account and that money just grows. They are investing that money for me. I can set whatever my flavor profile is for my risk tolerance for investments. So for this one, I typically do pretty conservative just because I'm not really looking for this to be a high risk investment account. I just am kind of using it as a personal savings account, even though it is more of an investment account. I love this app just because it makes saving completely mindless. Mm -hmm. It comes out like it's a coffee, and I don't even notice that it's gone. You can also set roundups through them. So, like, if you would go to the store and you'd buy something for $4.50, it would kind of create a bucket for that extra $0.50. And then either when it hits a certain dollar threshold or at the end of every week— It'll pull those funds from your account to just round up all of your purchases to the next dollar. So, again, it's small amounts. But if you think in your head, hey, I just bought $5 worth of stuff, but it was $4.30, you're already processing in your head that $5 is gone. So that's kind of what they're Mm, thinking is like you're rounding up typically. Yeah. Yeah. So if you in your head are just thinking you're rounding up to the nearest dollar, that's what they're doing on their end as well.
1: So what if you built your account up and you saw it was 80 bucks and you're going out with friends and you want the 80 bucks? What do you do?
0: Yeah, you can pull it out of there. So it is an investment account. So typically it'll take a day or two to get to your account because they sell the investments and then they'll deposit. So if it's something where like it's quick, like going out to dinner, I would try to plan ahead for that one. But also I would think about using this one as more of a like Travel fund account mm-hmm. or think about Something it as like long-term. a little bit more than like a month to month. Think about it like you're putting this aside for a new car. You're putting this aside for a down payment for a house. You're putting this aside for, you know, just a little bit more growth where you kind of want to not think about it, but you're putting it in that separate account mm-hmm to just kind of let it stack a little bit longer than a month to month.
1: Like almost like forget it's there. Exactly,
0: exactly. But one of the other easiest ways to also create a separate savings account that's automatic is by opening up another savings account at whatever bank you use currently. They're typically just really easy to add on and then go to your employer or wherever you collect payment from and add another payment method. And so if you're a W-2 employee, Your employer, if they offer direct deposit, typically has to, I believe they have to be able to offer you at least two accounts that you can use. I've actually never seen it where you can't have more than two, either with any of the clients that we've worked with, ADP, Paychex, Gusto, any of the typical payroll providers. So if your employer has any of those, you can add multiple accounts to your payment so that your direct deposit, you can set up, I want 10% of my paycheck, every pay going into my savings account. Then after that, I want $500 going into this account, and then I want the remaining going into this account. Yeah. So you can set it up where if you have an automatic bills account, you have an investment account, and you have your spend account, you can have it where 10% goes into your retirement or savings or investment and then $500 or whatever you set for your bills goes into your automatic bills account. And then the remaining goes into your spend account. And then if that's your debit card, then you know that's all you have. But also you have all of that because yeah, your savings that. is going anywhere. Yeah. Your bills are being paid. So that is it. your money. Do what you want with it. Yeah. So it almost takes the
1: self-discipline part out. Yep, completely. Because it just is like this is where it goes. You set it up one day when
0: you were feeling super strong and it's too annoying to undo it. Absolutely. spend the money you have. And when that account is gone for that month, that account is gone for that month. Like you don't want to put something on a credit card and think, I'll pay it off. Well, you can do that, but also it's the same limit. Like start thinking it's the same limit. Because I get getting credit card reward points and travel points. I'm all about that. But you just have to be limited with it. You're not using a credit card that has a $5,000 limit and saying you can spend $5,000 a month. Right. You're saying my fund money that's being deposited after my investments and my savings, after my bills, is $450 a pay. So it's $900 a month. If you're putting something on your credit card, that's still your limit. If you want to remain out of debt, that's your limit. Because then every month, You pay off the full balance. Then you get the positive credit card points and rewards. You're building your credit. You're paying it off and you're still not going into debt or getting into a cycle that you can't get out of and spend it guilt free. You're saving already. You're doing all the things you need to do. You're building there. You have your savings growing. Your emergency fund set. You know that you have your bills covered. Spend that money guilt free.
1: I love how much you focus on like, like I would say like, oh, that one was I got my nails done, but I don't do that a lot. And you're like, yeah. you're allowed to get your nails done. Absolutely. Like, you work and you have a job. And if that's what you want to spend your money on, that's okay. Like Absolutely. I like how much you focus on your money as your money mm-hmm. to live a happy life with. yep And I feel like if your person doesn't make you feel like that,
0: Then you might be in the wrong place. Exactly. And everybody likes different things. Everyone likes different things. Someone over here might be like, oh, wow, they spend their money on getting their nails done. You spend your money on books. And that's Mm -hmm. great. That's fine. I'm not going to say one's better than the other. My nails being done makes me happy. My reading books makes me happy. It Mm just whatever makes you happy, it doesn't need to be the same thing as exactly. So never feel bad about spending your money if it's not how your mom would spend her money, if it's not how your sister would spend her money. What they want to spend their money on doesn't necessarily bring you happiness. So you don't need to spend your money the same way. Yeah. It's always a good idea to save and have those covered. You should absolutely be doing those as much as you can. Once those are covered, live your life. Yeah. So to recap, if you are not looking at your expenses
1: and mm-hmm. you're having anxiety, the best thing you can do is take action. Yep. And sit down with a professional if you have access to one and look at everything. Absolutely. Because it's not as bad as what you think it is, probably. If you are starting out, you would say start with Excel or Google Sheets mm-hmm. because it's free. Yep. Then mm-hmm. dip your toes into the app world. If you feel like you need to, and if you need a detailed sheet that's already set up, you can email us at info at know worth. Google and Excel both have credit card calculators that yep. can help you figure out, look up the Dave Ramsey snowball method. Mm-hmm. It's Sydney approved. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. And the Acorns app is really cool. And tell them about your code.
0: Oh yeah. So if you want the code for Acorns, you will just send us an email and we can send you that code so that you guys can, you get, I think a little extra $5 into your investment account. It's not all that much, but don't worry. It's still a little kickstart there. But we can send you a code if that's something you're interested in. Let us know. And after that, one of the other things that I just wanted to point out too before is with those savings, if you are self-employed or you have to have quarterly estimates, Mm -hmm. your taxes should also be a separate account there too. I just wanted to say that. That'd be a great idea to have a separate account for your taxes. Or part of your savings that's going aside is in addition, it's maybe 10% for investment and savings, and then add an additional 20% for taxes. And so now that accounts maybe 30% and it's taxes, investments, savings, and you have that all set aside so that way, when your quarterly estimates come up, year-end payments come up, you're ready to go with that. I just want to make sure I added that in for our solopreneurs and our uh, single-member LLCs and contractors out there.
1: Yeah. And if that's something that you want to know more about, that's something you can email us, drop it in yeah. our comments just to let us know, like, hey, can Sydney go more into detail about taxes? And yes. I will sit here quietly and just listen because I will definitely get it. Definitely <laughs> go
0: into more depth about taxes, especially taxes as we come like- up towards the end of the year. <laughs> Never the <sticker> better.
1: <laughs> a person. Yeah, right. it's
0: great. Taxes are good. They mean you're making money. I'm just kidding. Taxes stink. We all hate taxes, but but it's good to plan for them, save for them, and then you'll be in control of them. All right. Have a great rest of your day or evening, wherever you're at listening to this. (laughs) It sounds like I'm a radio host now. Signing (laughs) off now on KYWBGH. Oh, that was really good. (laughs) That was so good. All right. See you next episode. If you found a bit of inspiration in this episode for achieving your sexy money goals, click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or YouTube so that you never miss an episode.
1: I'm quickly interrupting this episode because if you're enjoying this episode, you're going to want to download our guide on understanding your profit and loss so you can analyze the performance of your business like a pro. This is a big piece that you'll need to understand to apply some of the concepts that Sid is sharing in this episode. So be sure to grab that. The link will be in our show notes for you. All right, let's get back to the episode.